Hi everyone! Left to our own devices, the conference may be over, but you can still watch the recording at cybellum.com conference. Tune in to listen to FDA updates from FDA executives themselves, learn about AI in automotive from NVIDIA, the AI leader, and listen to product security leaders from Philips, Honeywell, CISA, and more. Go to cybellum.com conference and watch the recording for free. See you at the next event! Hi, this is David. And this is Shlomi. And you've tuned into Left to Our Own Devices, the product security podcast. Today is a very special episode. We have with us Mr. Matinyao Engelman, Israel's state controller and ombudsman. Mr. Engelman has held countless key positions across government, academia, and the private sector, including, just to list a few, Executive Vice President and Director General of the Technion, Israel Institute of Technology, Director General of the Council for Higher Education and the Audit Committee Director of Joint JDC Israel, and the First Vice President of Eurosai, the European Organization of Supreme Audit Institutions. He is also very much involved in the world of cybersecurity. In fact, in May of this year, his office published the Cyber and Information Systems Report, which included some very important insights about the state of cybersecurity. Martinho, welcome to the show. Welcome, David. Let's start with a personal question. How did your previous positions prepare you for your latest and maybe your most important role to date as Israel's state controller and ombudsman? So first, I would just let you know that I think my major uh, responsibility as a state controller is to pick the subject that we are auditing, since we are auditing over 2,000 public bodies. So I'm the one to in charge as a part of our independency to pick the subject we are dealing with and what are we auditing. And due to my previous experience, especially in public sector, I decided to focus on more advanced areas of audit, such as performance audit. As part of it also, we entered into cybersecurity audit, rather than the old-fashioned audit that was more focused on compliance audit. That was mainly checking whether the bodies acted due to the law, due to the relevant instructions and other way that they should have acted. And as of today, we don't only look in our audit report whether the, the public body executed his work due to the relevant law or relevant uh, regulatory uh, instruction. We also looked whether he performed his audit in a way that will generate the public with the best he can offer and whether he eventually gives value for money for what we as citizens invest in public sector by paying our taxes. I would also mention that due to my previous position, especially in the Technion, I was very much involved in many collaboration and also trying to initiate new ideas and to be more relevant and to be more initiative. Uh, this was the, the way that the Technion was dealing, Technion is a leading university in Israel. It's uh, ranked one of 100 universities leading all over the world. We had three Nobel laureate. And I would just share with you one story. Uh, we were once approached by 
Mayor Bloomberg, at that time, the mayor of New York City, and he asked us, please participate in a tender that we are looking for opening a new university in the STEM area in New York City. Eventually, uh, we, 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 we won this kind of competition and, and uh, we have opened uh, a Cornell Tech, which means Cornell Technion campus, which is located as of today in Roosevelt Island at New York and operating. So I had the, the honor to be one of the founders. The story I want to share with you that our president asked Mayor Bloomberg, why did you approach us in Technion in Israel? Um, leading universities in the United States. Why, why did you approach us? He said, look, if you in Israel succeeded to change Jaffa oranges to semiconductors, <laughs> I want you also to bring it to New York. So in a way, I try also to bring the startup nation spirit to the state of Israel controller office. That's incredible. That was an incredible introduction. So in Israel, the state controller is one of the most important public positions. But for those listeners around the world who are not familiar with the state controller position, can you tell us what it is? What are the main goals of the office as you see it? So the state controller of Israel is an independent institute that his main role is to inspect and audit all public bodies in Israel, which means over 2,000 public bodies that receive either taxes or has authority to collect public funds is subject to our audits, namely all governmental offices, local municipalities, companies held by the government, and even not-for-profit organizations, just at universities and hospitals, that they receive grants from the government. All of those entities are subject to our audit. And as a state controller, the main idea is to be independent. And how, how, how do we create this independency in Israel? The first way is by the way that I was elected. I am elected, I was elected by the parliament in an anonymous vote. The same procedure that the president of Israel is being elected. There are only two people in Israel that are being elected this way, myself and the president of Israel. Both of us are being elected to a one period of seven years, which cannot be renewed. So I have to do whatever I want to do, but the best I can do during my term. And as I mentioned before, my main role is to pick the subject because I am, I, we have in our office over 550 people. We should look very carefully which pub, um, subject are we auditing, which bodies are we auditing. So part of it is, and this is the way that I look at it, is to focus on main risks and to analyze what are the main risks that Israel as a country is challenging what, what, what should we do? What would you look forward to, to, to see which risk are we facing? Part of it, and I found it as a very major risk that the, the state controller office have never dealt with, is the cybersecurity risk, which as of today is considered to be one of the major risks, especially towards public uh, entities. So on that note, <laughs> let's talk about cybersecurity. So you published a report back in uh, May, which included some really alarming findings. Uh, for example, that there were 2.9 million cyber attacks on the National Insurance Institute alone. Can you share with us what are the main takeaways from that report for governments around the world? So first of all, 
I would like to note that I think that, the, as I mentioned before, the main role of a state controller is to look about tone major risks. And we know that the total damage of cybersecurity worldwide were estimated at a level of about $6 trillion in 2020. And it's going, it's estimated as of today, at a level of $10 trillion. And I would also mention that government authorities is the sector that is most exposed to cybersecurity or cyber, cyber attacks all over the world. So I am very much worried about uh, cybersecurity issues related to public bodies. I can share with you that as part of our audit, we are looking at many informational technology and cyber protection area. In many, in, I would mention four spheres. The first spell, sphere is the public expenditures in the field of IT and the rate of expenditure of cyber protection. The second sphere is the cyber attacks and damage to infrastructure. The third sphere, which I think is even more important because previously the first two spheres related to business continuity of public sector, public sector uh, entities. But what is very unique about the public sector entities that they have a lot of information about the public in it. So the issue of the privacy and how they keep the privacy, because you have just mentioned the National Insurance Institute of Israel. He has information about all of, all of the citizens of Israel. And some of them are very private information related to injuries, related to other uh, um, uh, status of them and sometimes even what the level of their income, how much they paid, how much they owe, what the situation, what they're asking for. So the privacy issue is very uh, delicate and we should look very close whether the information is gathered very carefully and, and gathered and also protected very carefully by public sector entities. And the fourth uh, is the issue of citizen authority in interface. To see the accessibility of databases and other services of public sector to the public. I would also mention that our main findings relate eventually to three insights. One of them is the absence of binding regulation and the absence of a guiding and binding government body for all sectors of the economy. The other insight relates to gaps in protection lack of awareness of public bodies to their duty to protect information in their possession. And the third insight is the lack of preparedness of law enforcement agencies in handling cybercrime. And I will just give you one figure about this issue of the law enforcement activities that we know that almost 90% of the people that suffered from any cybercrime in previous year, didn't even report to the police about this crime. For example, I would ask you, David, has somebody ever used your visa or your credit card and you found out that somebody used it? It happened to me. Did I approach the police about it? No, I asked my, my, my credit card company, please come cancel it. But still, most of the people, 90% of the people are not even approaching the police. And even in cases that they filed the complaints, we found out that 75% of those complaints were 
closed by the police. And most of them, because they don't know who is the attacker. And I, when I met the chief police uh, commissioner in Israel, and I had an introduction meeting with him, Kobe Shabdai, I told him, look, whenever you think about protecting the public, don't think about the old, the old way that somebody was uh, approaching to a bank. You have to have a safeguard over there to see that he is not uh, coming and robbing the banks. Not anymore. Look at the the uh, at the online area look look at the, the the all the services that we receive in digital ways this is the relevant place for the police to be for law enforcement to be because these are the the new the new criminals are over there and you would think with all the cyber security companies in Israel <laughs> that the police would already know this but uh, they're still in a different era exactly exactly and from my point of view, at the wrong direction, because the relevant direction is to look for the criminals and to protect the, the, the people at their online activities, which in a way, it's a very fruitful, and I think this is one of the COVID-19's fruitful effects, that we know that we can get together much more in online areas and, and to be, and, and we can have, we can work from home, and, but at the same time, we are much more exposed to cybersecurity, to ransom requests, to other criminals. And we should be, and for that reason, law enforcement should be also protecting people from those kind of crimes. I would also mention that as part of my uh, attitude, I try to be a lot voice for the voiceless. And I would just share with you one audit report that we have published regarding protecting children online. Because our children are in online, how many hours a day in average? How much do you think? Eight, ten. Okay, so in average in Israel, it's four hours. Okay. But, but the average includes both ultra-orthodox. They are not so much using the internet. And also, unfortunately for the children, let's say two-thirds of the year, they have to be in school. So they cannot... They cannot use so many hours. hours on vacation. Yeah, so, <laughs> so, but, but still, they are very much exposed when they are online to many crimes. By what it can be. It can be harassment. And we checked in this report both the law enforcement activities, the police activities, the attorney general activities in that area in protecting children. And also we looked about our education system. Whether... The, the, the schools are preparing our children how to behave online, how to be aware of cybersecurity and other crimes that can be in the online area. And we found many deficiencies in both law enforcement attitude, but also in the Ministry of Education attitudes and the way that we are educating our, our children uh, to, to deal with this new lifestyle and to be prepared to the relevant world of them. I can share with you that as part of our international collaboration, I met the GAO. The GAO is eventually the counterpart, the state controller of the United States. I met him in an international conference and I presented to him this uh, audit report, a brochure about this audit report. And what do you think? Six months later, he published a report regarding the preparedness of the United States <laughs> to, uh, to how to protect children online. So in a way, we even try to influence many of my counterparts 
to be more and more relevant, to deal with it. And I think this is the main role of the state controller, as I mentioned, to look at risks, and especially in cybersecurity and cyber areas. And I, I find it really interesting because Israel, as you said, is, is leading both in terms of digital literacy, but also in terms of data. We're a data powerhouse in health, in other areas. So as you said, we have a lot at stake. So, so it doesn't surprise you that, that you're on the forefront and, and the U.S. Is, is learning from us even. So I'm curious, uh, more broadly, what do you think are the main cybersecurity challenges? You touched upon some of them, but if you have others, so, so other cybersecurity challenges that we need to deal with uh, most urgently. So first of all, I, I want to share with you that we look about issues of cybersecurity in various sectors in public sectors. We don't focus only on areas of law enforcement. For example, we looked about the elections committee, the, the very delicate procedure of electing Israel, which is defining us as a democratic uh, state, whether its information is protected. We looked about biometric databases. For example, there is in the IDF a very huge biometric database that every soldier that is joining the army is giving his footprint, his fingerprints and other uh, uh, in personal information. The reason for that, they, they want to be uh, uh, able mainly for HR reasons. And for example, we found out in, those, in this report that some of the, 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 the orders of the army were so old they were 20 years old even, how to keep those databases. And when we entered and we asked them, did, did you make a risk survey regarding the, the database that you are holding? They said no. So these, these are even this one kind of deficiency. We also looked at areas of even health institution. We know that many hospitals are suffering all over the world from cyber attacks. And once a hospital is being cyber attack, he cannot operate. But it's not only the issue of his business continuity, which is very important to us because, for example, we had two cases in Israel that they had to shut down the hospital for a lot of time. If you think, think it, all of the, the, the information is computerized. Even the nurse, that do, we would not know what to give you as any, any treatment or any medicine because everything is computerized. So if you are under a cyber attack, you cannot... Uh, you cannot uh, you cannot run the hospital, but also in that area we look about privacy issue because we know that we have many of our information within the health system. Is it protected or not? Or we also look at local authorities. Another area that, like the transportation sector, we look we look whether it is protected or not. So we look at a very variety of areas to see whether public bodies are cybersecurity well saved or not. And I, I would share with you that we are, when we are entering in such a kind of an audit, we would look about both risk surveys done or not done by the public sector, DRP programs, whether they have the right instructions to all their employers, how to deal with it, how to protect themselves. And then we look about also a budget issue, whether the public body allocate enough budget for its cybersecurity. We also looked 
many times whether they are insured or not. And lately, we even, and this is part of my vision, when we entered into this area, we are doing penetration tests mm. by ourselves. And online, we sit with, with the public body, we do a penetration test, we show them, here you have a deficiency. Here you have to check your, upon yourself. Somebody can enter through this uh, computer. Sometime you, you, you found out that you didn't install the last version of the protective protection uh, software. Sometimes the hardware is not uh, relevant uh, anymore. So we, we, we look at various directions and we try to be very relevant, very relevant, very initiative in our audits. And I believe this promotes a lot the protection of cybersecurity within public sector in Israel. Absolutely. You know, you mentioned healthcare. It's interesting. We, we work a lot with uh, medical device manufacturers and we found that in Israel, every, just about every major medical device manufacturer has a presence here for one of two things, either for innovation or for cybersecurity. And, and a lot of, uh, some of the cybersecurity professionals working in those medical device manufacturers are, are coming from the Israeli industry. I can share with you, for example, we, we have done even a penetration test on MRI instruments mm. to see what's happening because they have a lot of information in them. What's happened when they sell them? Do they erase those private information that they, they are keeping within it? Or can somebody approach the MRI and har harm it? Also, we look at various areas within health That's and other public sectors to see whether it's protected. Very interesting. And we're we're helping them on the compliance side to make sure they receive compliance on the cybersecurity side. Very interesting. So we know you're passionate about education and you spent a large part of your career in education. So how do you see the relationship between better and improved cybersecurity and education? So first of all, I think that our role is, part of it is also beside being a state controller is being educator. Educator for the public sector, educator for state controllers for normal overload world. And in that way also impacting other public sectors all over the world, educating to be aware of cybersecurity issues. Mm. Because by entering into this area, and when I entered into my position four years ago, I established two new departments. One of them was cybersecurity department. The second one was IT audit department. And my human resources at the office could not handle it. When I entered, half of them was, well, Lawyers, the the other twenty five percent were accountants. Uh, accountants. <laughs> Some of them were also management uh, experience uh, as auditors, but then then we had to recruit relevant human resources for that. So we had to recruit data science uh, analyst to see cybersecurity experience to recruit cybersecurity, and we also had to. To give edu to educate our staff, so so we we at least I think almost as of today almost fifty fifty people from fifty auditors from our office went through a, 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 an educational process 
to be able to execute cybersecurity audits and IT audits. Part of it was by enforcing them to go through CISA courses, which is the computer science auditors uh, courses uh, and a US diploma, which was very difficult for them, but we, we, we went through that. And also we have hired, we have hired external experts and we are also hiring for the first time. And I believe I'm the, sta- the first state controller all over the world that is hiring hackers. Hmm. So we are hiring Probably don't hackers. have any trouble finding them. <laughs> yeah, in Israel, we don't have problem. I can share with you that when I was the director general at the Technion, I wanted to do an audit report regarding our information system. So I asked uh, my staff, which kind of uh, information system is the most important one for the student? What do you think? The grade, the grade information system. There, everybody studies many years. They want to have high grades. So I want. I asked, are those uh, information system protected within the Technion? That eventually later on also suffered from a cybersecurity attack mm-hmm. during the, like, this year. But anyhow, in university, so we tried to look at it. Then the audit staff looked at regulations, where they are uh, imposed, where, where there, there are differences, the, the deficiencies, etc. And then I told them, let's go a step ahead. So they brought two young hackers, which tried to enter into our information system, especially to degrade information system. And of course, by two days, everything was exposed. And uh, we, we have seen in re- real life and online, how, how exposed are we and how should we protect ourselves much better? And in a way, I brought this experience to my role as a state controller. So this is the reason. And I can share with you that we even looked at, in the Ministry of Education, at the matriculation uh, information systems, the grades of the all the, the students, all of the students, all of of the the students of the countries, whether they are protected or not and how they deal with it, etc. That's incredible. Uh, I mean, I think th- there are a lot of very big uh, private companies that find it hard to recruit such, uh, such good talent. And the fact that, that uh, you recruited them is, is rare and incredible. I-, I think you pretty much answered my next question, which was how, how you took the office of the state employer to be focused on cybersecurity. I-, I can share with you that at the beginning, it was not so easy to generate those ideas within the office because some of the people told me, should we do penetration tests by ourselves? We should rely on materials we receive from the audited bodies. And then I told him, look, the real auditor, for example, we have an expression in the audit world, the paper can handle everything. You know, by a report, everything can look very, very nice. So to be a good auditor, you should go to the site itself to speak with people, to see what's happening, because reports, eventually in report, you can make everything very, very nice. You should check it by yourself. So as part of it, I told them, look, we should do penetration tests by ourselves. I can share with you that it was not so easy and we had to develop a very strict methodology how to implement those penetration tests because we don't want, as, as auditors, to harm the systems. So we, we even developed a very strict methodology. I can also share with you that when I presented it in an international conference of state controller, the Intosai conference, which was held in Brazil a few months ago, many of the auditors 
asked me from other very developed countries such as Canada and other places, are you sure, are you not afraid that you will harm the, the systems within uh, making those kind of activities and taking those steps? So I said, look, we are very cautious. For example, we have a methodology before. First of all, we do a risk assessment before, before the penetration test. We are in connection. We, we don't do it in surprise, okay? We, we, we go to the, to, the, to the public body. We look at the, the person that is in charge of the computer within it. We sit with him. We study it. We tell him, look, we want to, we want to check this, this information system. Is it okay with you? Please do whatever you need to do as preparation. Do backup. Do whatever is needed in order to... Uh, uh, even we would in, try to do it in a test envi envi environment or test area, testing area. And some of the deficiencies were that we found that in some public bodies, they didn't have any, even a testing area. Is in their computer science. Wow. You, can, you can ask any high-tech company in Israel, even the smallest one that develop any software or is dealing with it. Can you imagine yourself without a testing area? They would say you are crazy. So in public sector, sometimes we find out that there are no testing areas. So these are part of the division. This is part of our role as state controller to point out about it and the important the need even to, to have a testing area to enable them then to, to go by themselves and to do more penetration tests to be more uh, ready for cybersecurities and other nice. issues. So I know you're building strong uh, cooperation with uh, other state controllers. You mentioned it as well just now in other countries. So how is that going and what have been the results uh, to date that you can share with us? So part of it is by sharing knowledge and part of it is by presenting our role as as a state controller, and I'm going to enter my position as, as the president of Eurosci, which is the European uh, State Auditors um, Organization that is composed of about 50 state controllers from all over Europe. They are going to come here to Israel next year for an international conference. Wow. And one of the main themes in this conference will be how should we as state controller will be relevant. Part of it is, of course, cybersecurity audits, because as I mentioned, I, found, I, I define it as, as a major risk. And then in order to be relevant, we should, should focus on this area and be relevant for that. And we should share knowledge. But also we can study from each other. When I had to develop this area, I looked at the way that other state controller and state auditors are presenting their findings in this area of cybersecurity. And why is it interesting? Because generally, our audit reports are published to the public. But at the area of cybersecurity, we should be very careful. Of course, we would submit the full report with all the very detailed deficiencies to the public bodies, even to the prime minister office, even to the relevant parliament committee, very secured committee, but at the same time, we don't want to expose this, those deficiencies that we've, have been found by us to a relevant somebody that can uh, attack those public uh, entities. So we had to define the way that we are, what is being published and how do we publish? Sometimes we, pu we publish def deficiencies in those areas 
without, for example, when we handled health system of Israel, we checked over all the hospitals in Israel. So for example, in the full report or the report that was published, we didn't mention the name of the exact hospital that we found the, the, the exact deficiency. We, we, we told out of nine or out of 10, four, we found that or in three. So we, were, so we had to develop a way how to publish also uh, reports, audit reports in the area of cybersecurity. I would also mention another tool, very important tool, is a parallel audit. That similar simultaneity, simultaneity we do audit with few others, counterparts, state auditors from abroad. The subject that we took upon for the coming year is the um, uh, eventually AI, artificial intelligence. Mm-hmm. One of our and, favorite topics. And, and uh, cybersecurity relate to that. And we, we have just published some kind of a call for proposal for man, many state auditors from other countries to join us in this parallel audit. I can mention that already the German office was very much in favor of it. Also the Dutch one looked very carefully. Also the European Court of Audit, ECA, was very much interested in that. And even Estonia and other countries are very much looking forward. And then we are gathering together a group of our experts with other experts to look at what area will we look in this kind of uh, audit. I must share with you that in a way, AI has a lot of advantages, of course, but as a state controller, I look very carefully about the risks. And I would mention just three of them. One of them is the issue of the fake news, the ability to submit fake news in a very worldwide, a very quick, quick way, which is very challenging, especially for democratic uh, countries. The other issue is the issue of the black box. Sometimes we rely more and more about AI and we are not aware whether the procedure within this black box is because we know information system, we have the expression of garbage in, garbage out. So if you don't know exactly what's the AI procedures and it's getting more, more and more complicated, you should see whether there are legislation related to that, whether there are controls, processes in order to to evaluate AI decision-making processes. And the third component that we are very looking very closely is whether the government is preparing itself to the labor market because there will be changes. People will have to, to some of the areas that will be replaced by AI. So governments should look very closely, watch abilities, and how should they educate and give education and what we call long life learning within the, 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 for relevant employees, maybe to change, maybe to adapt themselves, maybe to be more relevant. So those areas, for example, are part of our, the, the way that we are, we are going to focus on this parallel audit. But uh, I do feel that by raising the issue up, we already promote a lot the awareness within the public sector in Israel, but also the awareness worldwide of state controller role and from their role uh, to, to other public bodies, everything in a way, and this is the way that I look at my position, 
how can I eventually be the best representative of the public to, to protect the public from any risk that can damage him? And I think this is a major risk and we are dealing with it. Yeah, it's, it's very interesting. We actually had on our show a woman named Katie Boswell, who is the managing director of KPMG Cybersecurity. And her major focus right now is artificial intelligence. And uh, maybe it'd be interesting to, to link up uh, between the government entity and the industrial and, uh, and see what comes um, out. Yes, there is, there is a lot. There are many interactions with, of course, with also in the industry, industry especially in Israel, because there are many, many, very, very talented people in Israel. We study from, we study a lot in our office from the relevant industry, the high-tech industry in Israel, uh, but we try also to generate it to the public sector to, to encourage the use of know-how from private sector to be implemented in the public sector. I think the approach of, of seeing how it affects the public is very important and very refreshing because sometimes in high tech, you know, these are the people who build AI, they know AI, and they think of it from a tech perspective. But thinking of it from a public perspective, that's a whole different challenge. So I, I find it very interesting. Yes, and I can share with you that many times, I spoke before that about voice for the voiceless. So many times we look at areas such as, for example, we published a report regarding the accessibility of a governmental website to people with disabilities. Because as a public public organization, and as a public sector, of course, the one that I am in charge of checking it, we should be very, they, they should be very ready to serve everybody. And especially many times people with disabilities are the one who needs public services. So, so in a way, this is also part of our audits to see that the, the, the public service is, uh, and especially the computerized service, is accessible to all parts of the community, which is challenging. And another interesting point there, um, we mentioned, we talked about the um, privacy and protecting medical information, National Insurance Institute. So there are people who get on ChatGPT or they get on BARD or some other you know, uh, AI engine and they start putting in questions. So my son suffers from schizophrenia. What should I do? How should I go, you know, go about dealing with him? What, what medicine should he take? And, and right away, he's opened up to whoever is managing that engine for very private information. And it's not just about that. It's about finances. It's about healthcare. It's, and that's, the, that's not even the black box. That's something that people are just giving information to some entity which has no regulation, no control. You pointed out a very important issue, which I already raised when I spoke about ourselves entering into AI world. Part of it, and part of our audit would be the lack of legislation, the lack of regulation. Government should take upon themselves the role of, in a way, of course, we would like very much to keep the democratic uh, uh, spirit of Israel, the democratic spirit of from all over the world and the right of any expression. Everybody can express himself as, as, as how he wants, but at the same time, we, we have to see how we to regulate those tools in a way that they will not harm. And this is a very delicate issue. I can share with you that we know that as of today, the ones who are leading it, I think as of today, are more the European uh, uh, community that already puts 
could through some regulation, but our part of our audit will be to check whether the Israel government is dealing with it, how is she going how, how the government is going to regulate it, to enforce it, etc. It's a very delicate issue, but yes, public um, sector should enter into this area. Sure. I can also share with you, for example, another entity that we, we, we have made a cyber audit about it was that our tax authorities. There is a lot of information in our tech, private information about our tax, uh, our tax collectors and the income tax authority in Israel. And for example, this was one of the, the, the bodies that we have audited and we found few deficiencies regarding their activities in order once again to look at both the, the privacy issue, the, the way that they are keeping the, the most, maybe the most, some, I would say, delicate uh, information they receive from public in order to collect taxes, not, not, not in order to, to speak about or to show and to present to the whole world your private uh, fortune. And I think this is also some of the way that we implement uh, looking about privacy of information in, in public bodies that they have accessibility to very uh, delicate information about the citizens. At the same time, we look also about a business continuity of those bodies, such as the income tax, because if they will not be able to collect taxes, the government will not be able to operate, of course. So uh, we look very closely, uh, for example, in that report in the uh, information system of the income tax authorities, as an as example. So you mentioned previously the Eurosci. Uh, so for our listeners who may not be aware, it's one of seven regional working groups of the International Organization of Supreme Audit Institutions, the Intersci. And, and Eurosci has 49 member companies and the European Court of Auditors. So we mentioned um, that you slated to take the position of president, congratulations, of Eurosci in 2024, and that there'll be this event here in Israel where a lot of those member companies will be coming here to share in, in that event. So can you share with us some of the ideas and what we will see when you take that position? So in a way, a state controller in his country is by himself. Since I am independent, I cannot, I'm not, I'm not supposed to ask the ones that are being audited by me, whether they are happy about my job or not happy because I am independent. So how can I evaluate the way that I'm executing our audits, the way that, what, what my performance measures? So part of it is what we are calling in our uh, uh, audit world, audit done by a counterpart by other state controller on your office. So we have just, we, we went through in our office for the same time, for the first time, I'm sorry, for the first time we went through uh, what we are calling a colleagues audit or somebody that audited us. We, we invited to our office uh, auditors from United States uh, Federal Agency of Audit, the GAO, and also from UK. It's very brave. Uh, <laughs> yes. And we asked them, please check us. So these kind of uh, areas of developing know-how between auditors and exchanging views, part of it is by submitting groups and auditors from one office to the other office in order to evaluate 
the office to see how how it's how is it acting either by enlarging knowledge sharing and especially in new and relevant areas such as cyber security I'm going to focus uh, as a president and uh, as I mentioned already as part of this international conference I'm going to invite as lectures both from the high-tech industry in Israel to lecture to to the state auditors from all over Europe but probably we will also uh, invite from academia in Israel uh, and we, we, we will deal a lot with how eventually the future or even the current state auditors should act what are the areas they should enter how they should in, they, they, they should do it what tools they need for example we in our office use much more data analyst mm. as part of our uh, audit reports because let's say in the old world an auditor look at sample took a, a sample of uh, documents and he checked whether they act good or bad now the day we can receive huge data analyst da- data files and analyze them and to define the deficiencies to find gaps for example I'll give you one One example, we, we executed a, a, a report and an audit related to uh, children that children in risk that they are taken out of the houses either to dormitories or to families foster houses. Part of the analyst we have done as auditors, the Ministry of Welfare in Israel have never done it. We looked what happened with those children. 10 years later on mm-hmm. we looked at how much money they earn in average of course how much they are involved in criminal actions from the police we looked at we took the data we took data from the Ministry of Education what were their matriculation grades we took from universities whether they entered universities etc and we even to, took from national uh, insurance institute to see whether they are defined as people that are not working and they, they receive grants from the government and we due to this very very comprehensive analyst could have analyzed what happened if children was sent to a dormitories versus where whether he was sent to a, a family foster house and And we compared it also to the general uh, relevant uh, age uh, children uh, all over Israel. And these were fi- part of our findings. We could have illustrated what was the damage by going this direction on another direction. And only by data, very strong abilities of data uh, analyzing. And I can share with you that when we... prepared the new strategic plan from your side we have submitted a questionnaire to all the state controllers in, in Europe mm. and we asked them what is your major challenge and they told us data analyst because this is the relevant area of a state controller the auditors to look at the data and especially if I turn back to what I started when you are when you are entering the world of Performance, performance audit 
when you look at pub- public public eyes to be the like their 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 representative to see whether all public activities generate the right impact for the public so you look much more on outputs on data and you have to have the skills how to uh, analyze more and more data and of course to look at major risk part of it is cyber security but also by having more and more data in our office we have to implement more cyber security within our work at the state controller office too that's incredible so many aspects to it so our podcast is is mostly listened to by people from the product security world which are the people in charge of uh, the safety and security of critical infrastructure government control systems and physical devices like uh, automobiles medical devices But many of them are in government some in the private sector so what tips would you provide these people to do their job better the first tip I think is to go by the book to follow the rules to see that every rule is and known to each employee of the, 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 the body that you are in charge of it. To go through a very methodology, a very strict methodology, for example, uh, emphasizing risk assessment in order to plan your uh, activities for the coming years. To have a multi-year program budgeted in order to implement all what you need. I would also add To emphasize to the directors of your organization the, the risks and the need to to invest and to to and, and to to have a sufficient uh, budget in order to secure the organization you have a very important role especially in public sector but also in public sector in, in the private sector because many times directors are not aware of about this th- those risks and I would add also to share knowledge because you can study from each other a lot in this area and by sharing knowledge I believe you will promote both your organization and also other organization by sharing your experience sharing difficulties and sharing also the way that how can you solve uh, problems and This is very important in the area of uh, cyber uh, security. And once again, look at yourself as, I think, one of the most people with the largest responsibility within the organization. Because when everything is being done, okay, so nobody knows about you. But once something is getting wrong, everything relies on you. And look at new risks. Look at the... For example, we went through in many organizations to work from home. It exposes us for new risks in, in cybersecurity. People are working more with, with computers, uh, portable computers, and, and also they have portable devices. Our, our cell phones are, are very much now relevant to our work. Many of our work is being over there. So you have a very important role. See that you have all the funds needed. Do a lot of trainings. To the organization in order to and to employees and and think always think think be be relevant be relevant for organization and uh, study from each other I think these are the main uh, uh, tips to the cyber security people thank you thank you 
So this has been a really enlightening conversation and we appreciate your time. Would you like to give our listeners some closing thoughts or remarks? My closing remarks is that whenever you enter into a position, especially into a public position, look about the values that you want to bring with you. Part of my values were to be innovative, to be relevant, and to look always through the public eyes. That's the way that I'm looking at my role. And for that reason, when I entered into my position, some of staff and some people from outside the office said, why do you have to deal with cybersecurity issues? You are the state controller. What is it relevant for you? But now I'm more sure than ever that this is one of the most important steps I took upon when, when, when I entered into my position, because once again, we should face risks. We should, we should be relevant, should be innovative. By that, I believe uh, I will fulfill my role as a state controller in a better way for the people of Israel. And also the reason that I took upon myself the, the international responsibility is to promote also many other issues for the benefit of, of the whole world. Yeah, that's beautiful. Mr. Matinyahu Engelman, thank you for everything you do for the state of Israel and thank you for being with us on the show today. Thank you and have a nice day. Left to Our Own Devices is brought to you by Cybellum. To learn more, visit cybellum.com.